G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Today, a new initiative. It's about to be launched that aims to become the world's largest repository of business testimonies. It's a new way of demonstrating how the Kingdom of God continues to grow, effectively sharing the faith stories of business people. It's an initiative that will include people around the world, sharing personal testimonies of how God works in Christian businesses. Now, there's a recognition that every Christian business owner has a business hope story. It's in the sharing of these stories that encouragement can come for other business people for how God works through business. So an opportunity today to get among the early stories, and you might have your own story to share And I'll invite you to do so shortly when we open our talkback line. But our special guest through this coming hour is Wes Leak. Wes leads Business Blessings and spearheading the Business Hope Story Challenge. Wes, special welcome along to 2020. G'day, Niels. Always great to be with you. Okay, Wes, let's start with uh, what I mentioned in the introduction, the world's largest repository of business testimonies. What a wonderful aspiration. Yes, it is. And it's came out of a number of conversations I've had with people uh, throughout the year that God seems to be doing, well, he is, he's always at work in business. We know that. But we're not very good about telling that story. Uh, And sometimes, you know, we've had some big name speakers come to our different events and things that we run. But what about the everyday, I'm going to say mum and dad, business owner, about how God has been at work in their business? And we want to capture those stories and then share them around the world. One of the other things that I touched on in the introduction was the the potential for and what might have been prevalent but does somehow seem to be changing. I'll get your thoughts on all of this. This way that sometimes people separate their faith life mm. from their business mm. dealings. Mm. Uh, a little bit of a disconnect there and I wonder whether if we're talking about what might be a resurgence of appreciation of God using business, that somehow or other people are getting beyond that in business and recognizing that God is in the mix of both my faith and my business pursuits. Mm. Look, Neil, you know, we're, I've been in this space for nearly 20 odd years now, and things have really changed. I mean, we've seen the rise of the, uh, like, I'm going to say it's almost fashionable to be a kingdom business these days, which is, you know, and I'm not being negative in that, but it, but it seems that way. But we're, I, I think the whole thing of separating the secular from the spiritual, that it's really coming together and saying, hang on a minute. God has blessed us to be a blessing to the world and that we need we are out there in the midst of it making a difference and shining God's light in situations where normally it hasn't gone. There are businesses that are already ongoing. Some of them got history and heritage and there's been transitions to leaders all along the way. Some will be thinking right now, this may be a time to be moving into business mm. and starting my own business. Mm. But the aspiration I might have in starting business could be because I want to make money. 
Mm. Uh, not because I have this dimension of faith. So mm. what's your encouragement, really, even early on in a conversation like this, Wes, <laughs> uh, for people who are either early in their business career or aspiring yes. to be a business owner, Yes, uh, that where God might fit in all of that? Yeah, I'm going to say something very controversial now, Neil. Say, if you're going into business to fund the kingdom of God, congratulations, you will fail. And bec- and <laughs> And I am saying that because... Your main purpose for going into business is actually to glorify God, not to fund the kingdom. The funding the kingdom is a byproduct or a function of it. But if their focus is on um, raising lots of money and making lots of money to give to the kingdom, part of the problem with that is you're actually subtly saying, hang on, God hasn't provided, so I need to step in and do that, which is getting things all out of whack. And I, I've, like, I'm, I'm speaking from reflection and and watching people do that that where their focus is not on I'm going into business to glorify God where the focus is on just purely making money that it falls over and actually there's some Harvard research around this they researched about 20 uh, 1200 of their Harvard graduates for those that went into business with a purpose as opposed to those who went in business just to make money those that went for a purpose actually were much more successful than just those whose main focus was to make money and don't you worry about saying controversial <laughs> things because uh, I'm going to encourage that, yes. even, through, even through this hour. Yes. Uh, I'm going to encourage you, and I want to encourage listeners to participate in the conversation too, because yes. sometimes in Christian business, the business person feels like when they're in church life and their faith happens on Sunday, yeah. uh, that the church sees them as some sort of a cash cow. Oh, yes. And yes, people want to rise yeah. to the occasion mm. from time to time and mm. actually you know, meet the expectation. Yes, yes. But when you say to be a Christian in business, first of all, is to glorify God, it mm. means what I can hear you saying is that when you're in business, that's an extension of the ministry of the church Absolutely. in the marketplace. Absolutely. And look, I always say, you know, the average church in Australia is about 75. We, we've got 75 people. We've got less than 6% of the population attending church on Sunday. The average business would have 500, 600, 700 customers, the impact that that business can have on community is incredible. Um, and it's extensive. Like uh, many people will not darken the doorstep of a church, but how many businesses do we go to in every day? Now that we have to check in at the jolly things every time. I'm very conscious of how many businesses I step into every day. Yeah. So when you've got a business person, uh, they're a Christian in business. Their aspiration is to be glorifying God in business. What they're hearing in church on Sunday doesn't always align with that. Uh, so where does the church fit in all of that? Because is the yeah. church in need of some level of renewal of how we treat business people in church life? You know, this. Uh, I had a conversation. I was actually in Denmark doing a teaching tour there, and this pastor came up to me. and We had a great conversation. He said, I realized that I was training my people to become like me. And he said, only 2% of the people in the church are actually going to take my job. you know. And, hey, I want my job too. <laughs> so he wasn't training <laughs> people to take that over. But he said, you know, I realized that, hey, my job is, well, it comes down to Ephesians, to, to equip the people to do the work of the ministry. So now, you know, like I love pastors. I'm not putting them down in any way, but – you know, the focus of their job is to train us to be out in the marketplace. Uh, whether that is working at Macca's or Hungry Jack's or in a big corporate or in your own business, how do we actually outlive what God says to us in the marketplace? And, and that's the great thing about Jesus because he did it. 
Like, it, uh, yes, he spent three years ministry, but the majority of his life was as a carpenter. So he knew what it was like to live out the faith in a workplace, in a business environment. Now, I'll get your thoughts here, because uh, as I was preparing for our conversation today, yeah. I like to get my head around some of the issues. Uh, Jesus was born in a place of business. Absolutely. Uh, the stable of an inn. So there was a business operator who said, uh, I haven't got a room for you, but we've yeah. got a stable out the back. It's the best I can do. Yes. Uh, take it or leave it. Uh, Jesus first visited. And he probably charged them in. <laughs> he doesn't he say that. Okay. But I dare say he did. <laughs> <laughs> Who's in charge here? You're Joseph? Okay, I'll talk to Joseph because Mary looks a little more vulnerable than <laughs> yeah, you do right, right now. Yes. Uh, you've arrived on a donkey. Uh, that could be a akin to yeah, uh, you know a uh, sort of middle yeah. middle class model uh, transport yeah. so jesus first visitors were employees yeah. and small business owners Absolutely. Uh, the shepherds were business owners mm. uh, not religious leaders business owners yes <laughs> and then the people of jesus day saw him as a business person because yeah. Uh, this is, you know, from the scriptures even, Mark chapter 6, verse 3. Is this not the carpenter, yeah. the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon? So there's a family. Uh, businesses were happening in carpentry. Mm. Mm. So the people he's ministering to would, would have literally been eating at the tables he made or had doors, you know, in their house or whatever. They would have bought from him. They knew who this guy was. Uh, do Like he... We don't think about that often. And he would have started his apprenticeship as a carpenter. And some yes. people say that carpenter thing means like stonemason and probably it was all of those things together. Yeah. Tradesperson. Yes. He yes. would have started that in his yes. young teenage years. Or probably so, bef before then, I would say, because I dare say Joseph, Joseph was a carpenter. He took over his father's business. Like he would, no doubt, Joseph had him involved in all that stuff right from earlier. Come on, boys, you've got to earn your keep here. Exactly. Exactly. Well, yes. yes. So, uh, but what I'm about to say is uh, that when we talk about Jesus, the business owner, yeah. starting from those young years, there, it could be that I did uh, do some this bit of research that Jesus could well have been in business as a carpenter until yes. that time when he started his Absolutely. ministry, mm. uh, 20 years in business. Yes, that's right. And it, it would have had to be a successful business because I guess it was a family business. And how many brothers and sisters did he have to take care of? And we... we what we don't know is when Joseph passed away. You know, that's not clear in Scripture. So I dare say he was actually the main breadwinner for the family. Okay, let's talk about this largest repository of business testimonies, Wes. Mm. Uh, you want testimonials of people who are in business and everyone will have a story yes. somewhere along the road. Yes. Uh, what are you hoping for, for business people who are listening to our conversation now to participate in this new initiative? I'm hoping that they'll share their story. You know, one of the things, you know, I've run many uh, business events over the years, and one of my biggest troubles is actually getting business owners to share their story because they don't think that their story is worthy to be told. So what I'm hoping is that we'll collect a series of one to two minute stories. We're not looking for big stories. Like, like lengthy things, just short videos that um, where they talk about um, this was my situation, this is the problem I was facing, and this was the God solution, how God stepped in and solved the problem. Because it, like business is up, so much up in the air at the moment. I mean, some are doing very, very well during COVID. Some are not doing so well. But it's, it's more um, to share the story of how God is at work in business.
Okay, and uh, let me just uh, give the website uh, where people can go to. Uh, so businessblessings.com.au. There'll be links there on your yeah, website. Yeah, that's right. No and then doubt. just go to the menu and see Business Hope Stories there, and you can go on. And and there's actually a space for there. Uh, we use a program called Video Ask where you can, you'll can you see a video from myself, and you can actually record, uh, click on a link there. You can record it either by video or audio or even share a, a written testimony. Life, culture, and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. Last week, that was the number to give for a donation. We're back to normal programming this week, and 1-800-316-316 is our talkback line and your opportunity to participate. If you're in business uh, or if you know a business close to you, there's some sort of testimony you'd like to share, why don't you give us a call on 1-800-316-316. Wes Leak is our guest. We're talking about the launch of the world's largest repository of business testimonies and how you can be a part of that. Wes, let's come back to Christians in business. Some will be saying, well, I'm not sure I've got a testimony. Uh, I've been pretty successful avoiding connecting my faith with my business life. Perhaps how do you get a testimony if you're thinking this is not something that is necessarily part of my business? You know, Neil, I'm going to say here that one of the biggest things I think we need to encourage business owners to do is actually just stop and reflect. And actually, Stanford University has done a, quite a bit of research recently on the business owners are not reflecting. So I guess what I'm I'm asking Christians as a business to do, take a moment, stop and reflect and see how God, and remember how God is at work in your business and then to share that story. I mean, you think about Moses and Deuteronomy, like, that whole book is about remember what God has done. Remember what God has done. As you're about to step into the, the promised land, you need to go back and remember what God has done. So I guess I'm asking people to remember what God has done and, hey, let's share this. Some will be thinking, ah, when you say reflect and remember, ah, yes, there were those instances early on in my business life where I recognized that God was at work putting pieces in place moving the pieces on the chessboard, setting yes. up the opportunities, closing those sales, those early ones that made the huge difference that inspired you on to success. So the idea of reflecting and remembering, because very easy, isn't it, to, you know, next day at work, uh, you forget all the things that God has been doing. You know, <laughs> Neil, it, it's because the next situation has come up. You, we go, we're constantly going forward. Like if I think about the number of decisions that I have to make in business every day, it's like, oh, give me a break. And, and sometimes you think, I don't even remember what happened last week because because like, like we, we solved that problem and we've moved forward, you know. But some we actually have to stop and think. Hang on a minute, God, this is the way you worked in the past. Is that the way you're going to work now? Now he may not work the same way because he's he's taking us on and leading us and taking us to different places. But we need to remember what he's done. Memorializing those things, as you say, if you reflect on, uh, you know, Deuteronomy, or if you're reflecting on all sorts of Old Testament developments, uh, memorializing the uh, the hand of God at work in your business. How would you do that? Would you set up a plaque, or you know, there's a certificate on the wall? I just, uh, what is it? How do you memorialize that? I I think it's about telling the story. Yeah, telling the story, like like how has tradition been passed down? It's been passed down through stories. 
you know, and and I know that a lot of the young guys that I deal with business, you know, I lecture at a university and we teach on entrepreneurship and and it's, they just love the stories. They want to hear the stories. So let's collect them and share them with others. And and don't be embarrassed about sharing the stories as well. Like sometimes, you know, when business owners are facing a difficult situation, they don't want to let people know that they were in a very difficult situation. But the testimony about how God helped them through that or out of that or into the new thing is always very encouraging. And just before we take a call, the testimony is not only on, uh, you know, I closed the big deal uh, or we moved into a new market. It's also uh, how we come across the people who are a part of our organization and yeah. how they then are, in fact, released in their own gifting. Yes. And uh, those sorts of things, there's a lot of dimensions here, Wes. You know, business is all about relationships. You know, you you are dealing, every transaction is between a person and another person. Now, you think, you know, but I go to Coles or whatever. Yeah, but you're still dealing with a person in those organizations. How God leads you to the right person. And it's, it's about ideas, too. You know, God can drop one thought, one idea in your mind that totally changes the whole situation around. Okay, let's take a call. Robert is on the line from Joondalup in Western Australia. Hi, Robert. Welcome. G'day. How are you going? Very well, Robert. What are your? Do you have a testimony to share? I've got so many. I don't know which one to use, but I'll start <laughs> from the big. I'll start with the first one, I guess, and I just let you have that. Um, I had some addiction problems and my business was in a lot of trouble. We owed my my main supplier $600,000 and I owed the tax man $100,000. And um, I came to the Lord and he wiped all my debt out within two and a half years. And since then, we've had the best two years we've ever had. Um, This was nearly four years ago. So, yeah, um, amazing. Robert, that's fantastic. Can I ask, how did God do that? Because like, it's one thing to say, yes, we've cleared all this debt, Because, and there's a number of business people here in a similar situation to what you're facing, but how did God do that? I'm not really sure because we didn't make <laughs> huge profits in them years. Even my accountant, um, he says he's not sure either. He, he just <laughs> he prayed for me because he was a Christian and helped lead me in the right direction and just sort of show me if you do God's business God's way, um, yeah. He will help you prosper. So you know, um, first thing I started doing was as soon as I came to the Lord was I just had the gift of giving and I put a well in Uganda and bought some food for people in um, Haiti. Um, and even though I had all that debt, I still had the heart to give to these people, um, even though it wasn't even my money to give. But just blessings started coming. And um, it's just been an amazing journey. There's just been so many incidents, so many miracles, so many things that have happened since coming to the Lord in business. I just call the business his business now, not my business. Yeah. How yeah. important is that, Wes? And keep, I'll keep you on the line there, Robert, because uh, we'll get some more stories from you if we can. But how important is this? Uh, because there's a line of demarcation. It's my business, it's his business. Uh, how important is it to recognize when you are a Christian in business that what you're doing is an enterprise that doesn't just belong to you? This is actually God's enterprise. It, but Neil, it's, it's whether you're in business or not, God owns everything. The scripture talks about that he owns everything and that we need to first recognize that, that he is the owner of it and he has entrusted it to us to manage. Let's, let's go way back to Genesis 1. 
that when he created us, he blessed us and said, be fruitful and multiply. But he put us in charge of what he had created to manage, but we just manage it on his behalf. And to bring this extra dimension in here, Wes, because when we talk about Christians in business, uh, we might be talking about the owners of a business, but there are also often those who are the managers, whether they be senior management or middle managers. They're also in business because they're doing business on behalf of the owner. Come back to the parable of the talents. So we're talking here with people in business with testimonies that could just be... You know, you could have thousands on your new initiative uh, very quickly if everyone starts getting those testimonies out. Oh, that's what I'm hoping will happen. (laughs) We're praying (laughs) will happen. But, you know, Neil, there is something about the blessing of God that rests on his people working for others as well and the favor of God that comes. And, look, we do things differently to the world. Um, Let me tell you a quick testimony. We, We... We've got a Facebook group for our neighborhood. We've just done an event which a local business actually sponsored, local real estate sponsored. Yesterday, uh, there was an auction in our street. Now, these guys aren't Christians, but they sponsored an event that we had on for our neighbors. Yesterday, they got the largest ever sale of a house in our street. And I thought, oh, God, you've rewarded them for sponsoring our neighborhood. You know, like like, like it was literally 150000 above the previous sale. And, and I was just looking at that thinking, hang on, there's something when you connect with people of faith that happens. How does the blessing come? And uh, that was an interesting thing that Robert shared. Yes. And I'll get Robert's, uh, you know, perhaps another very quick uh, little testimony too. But when he... He shares that they didn't do things a whole lot more differently. No. Uh, they were supporting some initiatives in the kingdom. Even the accountant was surprised that they'd been able to pay back such a huge debt with ordinary turnover. So there is a certain you know way we can talk about the devourer and what the devourer takes. Yeah. And if God is protecting your business from the devourer, then all of those things are very possible. I know, and it would be interesting to hear from Rob on this. Look, I know God and I had a a large conversation many years ago. I said, God, you know, we've been faithful tithers all our life. You know, why doesn't our bank account reflect that? But he he spoke to me, um, because that was back in my mind, (laughs) you know, not his mind. Um, But he spoke to me about how much money we had saved over the years because he had protected us actually from spending that. And I'd uh, like a little example at the time, I just had a skin cancer cut out and I'd gone to the uh, specialist and, and he just put it on Medicare for us. The next week I'm at church, a guy had a lot of skin cancers taken out. <clears throat> and uh, I said to him, who did you go to see? And it turned out to be the same doctor. And I asked the question, how much did he charge you? And he said, $7,000. And I just shut up at that time <laughs> because, because okay. it, it, like, like it was literally around this time that I was asking other questions. It was like God saying, see, I just saved you thousands of dollars because of that. Wow. Okay, just very quickly, still got Robert on the line. Robert, another one of your testimonies. Another one is it was March last year, 2020, and uh, COVID was just about to start. And um, it was just sort of um, on the news and everyone was worrying and business wasn't that good. And I thought, well, this is it. This is the end for me. I think we're going to go under. So what money I did have left, I sort of donated. And um, all of a sudden, when I got the um, invoice for my statement from my main supplier, I knew it was about 150000 but all of a sudden it was only $350. 
and I had the money there to pay them because I became a good payer of my bills. I had the money there to pay them, and the lady even rang me and said, "You just want to pay the three hundred and fifty dollars, and we're all good." And I'm like, "Okay, then." So then that hundred and fifty thousand dollars, I ended up spending elsewhere to buy product um, that I came into my shop that all sold massively. And then two months later, the money that disappeared off the statement magically appeared. And I've been dealing with this supplier for 17 years, so they've never made a mistake like this before. But somehow, miraculously, um, the money just disappeared that I owed them and then reappeared two months later. um, And I'd made so much profit off all these other products that I was well in front. Wonderful stuff. Uh, Robert, great to hear from you. Thanks for your call. I won't get a follow-up from Wes. We're going to news, but continuing after Vision National News, Wes Leake is our special guest. He leads Business Blessings and is spearheading the Business Hope Story Challenge. Wes, let's take another call, shall we, as we get underway in this segment. Uh, Let's hear from Steve in Killarney in Queensland. Hello, Steve. Thanks for waiting patiently. Hey, mate, how are you? Really well, thank you, Steve. What are you? What's your story? Um, well, let me just get away from the noise. Um, look, uh, I don't make huge money like um, our mate there in Perth. I'm basically just a sole trader. Um, but I had dozens and dozens of encounters where God has just done amazing things with the business, and I'd just like to share one of them. Yep. Um, so. Some years ago, uh, I headed into Brisbane to do some work and had a big stuff up on my organising and uh, didn't realise that I was going to end up on the north side of Brisbane when I try and do work on the south side. So everything was going wrong and I fell into a bit of a hole, I guess, um, as far as uh, you know, punishing myself for my stupidity and being all upset with myself. But then I had to get more parts. I'm a mobile mechanic, so I had to get more parts. Um, so I've done some mapping, and I didn't have a GPS. It's back before then. And I was going to pick up the parts at Woolongabba and go through to Holland Park to do the jobs. But then I took a, I missed the turn again, and everything went wrong. And I ended up at a um, Repco store in Indrapilly. So I get the bit. And as I'm signing for him, a guy comes in. He says, who's got the blue mobile mechanic van outside? Now, I was pretty, uh, I was having a bad day, and I just assumed by the way that this guy's all shook up that he'd backed into my vehicle. <laughs> so uh, I answered him kind of sarcastically and said, well, that'd be me, mate. Um, then he uh, sort of follows through, well, do you do diagnostics? And I said, mate, I don't even come to this part of town. I don't want to be here. Um, you're going to have to find someone else. And he gets his business card out, and he does diagnostics. He's also a mobile mechanic. And I'm thinking, this is getting weirder by the minute. He says, maybe you and I should work together. Um, and I thought, mate, what is going on? And then he blurts out, I had a dream last night. Your van was in it. Now, he'd come into the shop and announced who's got the blue mobile mechanic van. He already had the attention of just about everybody. And then suddenly, everyone's sort of looking at him. You know, he's waiting for me to call him an idiot. And... And I said, dude, dreams are important. Let's go outside and talk. So I signed me stuff and out we went. And he told me about this dream. Now, he's not a believer. He's not a Christian. Um, but the dream took him back 10 years when he used to manage a workshop. Um, as often dreams will, they'll take you back in the earlier part of life. Um, but the un- unusual thing is my van was 
in the fuel station having petrol pumped in, exactly the same van. Now, I've repainted it an old white Toyota to a blue colour, which never appeared on that model, and he knew it being in the trade. And so it really spooked him. Um, so I got him to share the dream with me, and he divulged it carefully. Um, so a gunman comes in, and he shoots and kills the petrol attendant. This is all in the dream. And then he turns the gun on to uh, Arthur, the other mobile mechanic, and he shoots at him. Now, Arthur picks up a workshop manual and holds it up to protect himself. You do dumb things in dreams sometimes, I guess. And, um, and he got shot through both his hands. And so he, got, he woke up from this dream so shocked, 5 a.m. that same morning that I met him. He shook his wife awake. And, um, and then five hours later, he finds me at the Repco store. Now, when he finds the van and parks next to it, he goes around the back door. And on the back door, I've got the face of Jesus with two big hands stretched out with nails stuck through him where Arthur had been shot through his own hand. You know, and yeah. it says on the back door, the mechanic can fix most things, but he can fix it all. Um, so this guy freaks out. There's a lot of colourful language and he doesn't know what to do with it. Um, and uh, I said, mate, do you know much about the Bible? And he said, oh, a little bit. And I said, dude, that thing's 10 chapters old. There's a bloke called Abe's and God's giving him dreams and telling him to follow him, to follow God, you know, leave your people and follow God. And if you ever got a Gideon's one given you at school, only one chapter into that and you've got a bloke called Joe and he's going to do a, a runner on Mary and, um, and an angel turns up in a dream and says, you better marry that girl, you know. And I said, dude, God's talking to you, you know. By now the guy's having an absolute meltdown. Um, and I said, I said, what? What? How do you feel about the dream? Well, he blurted out a lot of colourful language and mentioned injustice because the servo guy, the fuel attendant, was probably his best friend in life and he got killed in the dream. And I said, where else have you felt that? And he clammed up and then he slowly let the information out that his daughter had died back in, um, in April and he'd hated God ever since. Um, and I, I didn't know what to say. I said, dude, I, I don't have any answers for you. I, I, uh, but I know that really rough stuff happens to people on planet Earth every day and it's not your fault, it's not God's fault, you know. Um, but I can tell you what happened to me. And So I shared with him because my wife and I, we'd lost a son and we drove up out of South Australia, out of the um, Adelaide Children's Hospital, east in the morning, right on dawn, you know, and uh, the sunrise was probably the most incredible I'd ever seen, and my wife was choking out the words, I feel like we're leaving him behind, just so hurting by the ordeal, and um, and I didn't know what to do, so I just responded with the best I could. I pointed up through the windscreen of the car at this incredible sunrise, and it was like, it was like the water that washes, you know, where, where the sand gets washed by the tide going out, you know, that pattern but it had more colour than I'd ever seen in my lifetime. And uh, I said, he's, he's with Jesus. You know, he's gone ahead of us. He's with Jesus. And um, in perfect font clouds, right across the, the entire sky, in perfect font writing, was the name Bradley, the name of our son, right across the sky. Yep. And uh, we, we took to the side of the road. We, we just bawled our eyes out for, I don't know, probably three quarters of an hour. And 
the power and healing touch of Jesus just, he was there for us, you know? Steve. And uh, I told Arthur about this, and he was, um, he, he, he was so shaken up. I said, dude, I said, listen, man, you've, you kind of ruined my day, you know, like, um, I can't go on and work unless you do the right thing and just let me pray for you, brother. Um, he didn't know how to respond to that. So I put my hand on his shoulder and started praying. I just felt the presence of the Lord come like he, like the Lord just walked through the car park, you know? And, um, and, and as it came, I said, Arthur, he's here. And, and this guy just looked up with the tears running down his face. He said, I know, I know the pain is gone. And, um, it was probably the craziest day that I ever had go wrong in business. And I drove away saying, Lord, you don't respect my time, but I'm really starting to respect yours. And it took my entire Christian walk to a new level. Wow. Uh, I don't know what to say. I mean, that's uh, that's the, the most amazing story to share. And Steve, thank you for responding today and calling in and being able to share that. Uh, where's... Uh, over to you because uh, well, that's, <laughs> I, I want to know: <laughs> Do you deal business with him still today? <laughs> I followed him up a little bit, yeah. um, but he's not on my side of the city. I mean, I wasn't yeah. meant to be there. Well, you see, um, uh, I've had similar situations: you get lost and disorientated, but God yeah. does all that to get you to where He wants you to be at the right time. Well, yeah, yeah, and uh, and if you zoom out and see the big picture, you just yeah. Standing in awe. I mean, you know, the creator of the universe signed a personal painting that morning. Yeah. With love from him to my wife and I. Yeah, yeah. Put it right, right across the sky. You know? And uh, if he can do that, he could do anything with you and your business. Amen. And I could share hundreds of testimonies, but that one. Steve, is, thank uh, you. For calling in and sharing that testimony, I didn't want to mm-hmm. cut it a word short. And uh, I hope listeners—I know that listeners will have been gripped by every word. But uh, but Steve, thank you so much for calling in and sharing that testimony today on 2020. And wow, let me just come to a, an element that happens here that I think a lot of business owners uh, will appreciate when everything is going wrong. Uh, does that mean this is God's fault or does this mean that you are in fact a candidate for something along the lines of what Steve is sharing here? Uh, Wes, seeing God in your day-to-day business life, uh, give us your (laughs) thoughts on when stuff goes wrong like that. And thank you so much, Steve. Um, Neil, I think stuff goes wrong all the time in business. (laughs) You know, we can have the most perfect plans, but stuff goes array. And, And I was telling you this before, there's three disruptive questions I like to ask, and a good friend of mine, Bob Bodine, wrote a book called Two Chairs, and he includes those in here. His three questions are asked, does God know your situation? And, of course, the answer to that is yes. Is it too hard for him to handle? Absolutely not. Does he have a good plan for you? And we saw that, and the answer to that is yes. So the answer is, say, you know, just how? You know, God, how? <laughs> like, like, God, what's on your heart for this? How do I handle it? What do I do? And, and I often uh, think back to Mary. You know, I was talking about Mary before in that. It's, you know, the angel appeared to Mary and said, Mary, blessed are you. You're going to have a child. And, like, she's freaking out. Like, imagine, 
you know, and even today, you know, you hear stories of God coming to people and giving them dreams and visions about things. But the, Mary wasn't disrespectful. She just went back to God and said, God, how can this be, or to the angel, angel, how can this be given that I'm a virgin? Like, like, you know, can you imagine what was going through her mind? Does that mean I need to hook up with a guy or, you know, whatever, whatever it was? But, you know, the angel answered her question and gave her a lot of information. She said, you know, the Holy Spirit, he said, angel said that the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you and all this stuff is going to happen. When we come to God and say, look, God, this is the situation. What do I do? And be open and have that conversation with him. I, I shared a story on my um, a blog recently of a testimony I read about a guy <laughs> was going through a different difficult situation and he said I can either get drunk or I could pray and that was his, he said the, the thing about getting drunk is I'm going to have a hangover tomorrow and then he said well I could pray and if it doesn't work I could always get drunk you know so, <laughs> so, so okay. he, I thought well that's an interesting thing but he did pray and 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 started to ask God some questions and God downloaded a strategy for him about how to handle the situation that he was facing at the time are some Christian business people afraid to pray? You know, as you say, I mean, you've got sometimes when the bottom's fallen out of your world, uh, you've got two choices, get drunk or pray. Uh, what happens if I do pray? Uh, is there, in some sense, a little bit of fear of the unknown in that? Do you think for some business people or even just this thought of, oh, no, it's useless if I pray, I better go and get drunk instead. Well, you know, I think part of that is that we don't see see praying for our business as a spiritual thing. You know, I'm not praying for someone to get healed or saved or delivered or those kind of things. But yet if you go back to Lord's Prayer, he talks about pray this day for our daily bread. He's praying for you know, for provision. It's it's in there. He's doing that and it's okay to pray for those things that we're facing every day. You like to talk about prayer as in not just, uh, you know, uh, pouring out your heart and uh, crying out for help, but also listening prayer. Yeah. Uh, you've even got a group going on Wednesdays, Wednesday mornings, uh, in listening prayer. Now, this is obviously for business people. Yes. Uh, or maybe every, anyone well, yeah, who wants yeah, to join Yeah, the majority it. of people. Okay. It's open to everyone, but the majority of people come a business Okay, so, uh, so you've got a business person saying, I'm not sure how I pray, but uh, Wes inspired me when he was on the radio, and he might know a bit more about this. How do people link with you for that listening prayer on a Wednesday? If they go to businessblessings.com.au and then to our events page, you'll see uh, the listening prayer event that's there. Um, essentially, you know, this came about because I'm actually doing my master's in spiritual formation at the moment because I've been fascinated about how do people actually grow in Christ and how do we link much more in. And and, and I say this story, I, I, you know, I'm involved in the National Day of Prayer Movement, so I, I'm in, in a lot of prayer meetings. And... Um, I started doing a silly thing. I started actually listening to people's praying. <laughs> I wouldn't encourage you to do that. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, like, and, and I'm not putting prayer down in this. But, but I was just like, there's a couple of times that I felt, gee, I wouldn't even answer that prayer. And I think I'm a very generous person. <laughs> so so yeah. my, my thinking came down to, you know, Jesus is interceding for us in the throne room right now for you and I. I want to know what he's interceding for me about. I don't know whether you want to know that, Neil, but I do. Mm. 
So actually taking time and asking him, Jesus, what are you actually interceding for me about right now? And just writing it out, listening to that, and joining with him in that prayer. So it's it's more about instead of let's switch it around. Let's not just pray from a house, but let's actually take a moment. And part of the listening prayer is that uh, every morning we have a scripture that we go through and read through that, that we listen to a worship song. And then we set aside 20 minutes of just sitting and listening to God. And generally, I've got a question to ask. Like two weeks ago was, what do you want to declutter from your life? And, oh, heck, that's caused us to move house and all sorts of things (laughs) from that. Like it's literally turned our whole world around in two weeks. Um, but it, it's actually saying to God, what's on your heart for me? And um, you know, I was talking about Bob Bodine before. He asked the question to ask every day, God, what is on your heart for me today? And to do that because he takes you to places. Yeah. Some people will think, uh, and you know, oftentimes you'll hear people talking about business and they say, you spend time working in your business, you need to spend time working on your business. And a lot of people will say, well, if there's five days in my business week, uh, sometimes I'll take a day to strategize, and in that time I'll include a prayer focus for my life. Uh, That idea of using the time during business time to devote to listening to God, is this something you encourage people to do? I'm actually getting to the stage now before I even go into a meeting of saying, God, what's on your heart for this meeting? And this is, uh, tell you a funny story. I I was early for a meeting, which is very unusual for me. I was 15 minutes early and I was sitting in my car and thinking, what am I going to do for 15 minutes? And God said to me, well, why don't you have a two chairs time with like a time of asking me? And I said, well, God, what's on your heart for this meeting? And he said, I want you to raise homeschooling. And it was with Alpha Christmas College. And and I thought, well, that's a funny thing. We're not here to talk to them about homeschooling. But God was saying to me, this is on your heart. That's what's on my heart for this meeting. Anyhow, we went in. I, I wasn't the lead in the meeting. The other person went through everything. And then, then the person we were meeting with said to me, have you, have you got anything to raise with? And I said, yeah, I want to raise homeschooling with you. And he said, we want to develop that whole market. Anyhow, so I linked in with the homeschooling organization. They signed a pretty big contract, you know, in relation to that. And actually then, um, because we do some work in training kids about entrepreneurship, we actually started a homeschooling business class and things out of that as well. So it was something totally left field, but for three organizations, it brought in a lot of money. And the way you spend time before the meeting, let me just broaden that, spending time before your day at the office, asking God to be part of the preparation and the plans for what happens. And before you know it, you're going to have a squillion testimonies of the way God is working in your business. Yes, yeah, so actually, Neil, you just need to refine that a bit about what you said there. It's not asking God to join you in your plans. It's actually switching it around saying, actually, God, I need to join you in your plans, not my plans. And that's a very different way to look at things, and things tend to open up a lot quicker that way. Wonderful stuff. And we're almost out of time, but we started talking about the opportunity that is there right now and uh, business hope stories, uh, business God stories. Now, you're launching this this week on the 27th of November, or is it launched yeah, now? Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. well, so it's, it's up on our website now. so It's live so, now. Yeah, so, yeah. So it's but live we're right now. at the beginning. That's right. So, you know, Neil, I wanted to give you the honor of 
kicking it off together. <laughs> what a great platform to do that. Um, yeah, so it's live now. So go onto our website. You can go in and to – so either uh, you'll see that there's a video from me that explains it and then there's options to, for you to either just click on the button and record the video or record an audio or to actually write out your testimony so we can start collecting these. It is easy to do. And to participate in this, and uh, and perhaps those who've called in, those who are thinking, I should have called in, uh, here's your opportunity to participate in what will be uh, the, as- the aspiration to be the world's largest repository of business testimonies. So it'll be a blessing to other people in business, not just here in Australia, but around the world. So uh, easily connected through businessblessings.com.au. That's the organisation that Wes Leak leads, businessblessings.com.au, and you'll find a link there for those business hope stories. And as Wes says, it's very, very easy to do. Uh, a few little links there as to how you can tell your uh, blessing story, uh, get that testimony there for others to be a part of. And uh, the launch this week, the launch today, isn't that exciting? And uh, that listening prayer group I mentioned, uh, you've got that group and you've got a bunch of business people. Plenty of room there for extras to join in that meeting, Wes? Yeah, because we just break out into Zoom breakout rooms and... Cause, one of the other great things with that, Neil, is too, is when everyone shares what God has spoken to them about, you get a much broader collective about what's, what's on God's heart. Okay. Well, as a business meeting in your week, it won't be one of those motivational how-tos. <laughs> it won't uh, be. <laughs> it'll be very, very different. I, I suspect. Uh, yeah. I, I suspect that sort of idea of listening I means there's a fair bit of quiet that's going on, even uh, on Zoom or however you're doing that meeting, uh, that special we, we, meeting. We have 20 minutes of silence in that. <laughs> where they go away and sit for 20 minutes and then come back and share what God spoke to them about during that time. <laughs> I can imagine there'd be a lot of business people who are in amongst the, uh, you know, the, the the hardships and the controversies and, uh, you know, involving uh, solving problems left, right and centre. That 20 minutes of quiet might be very, very useful. So yeah. you'll connect there too on businessblessings.com.au. Wes Leak. Always great getting your insights, Wes. Thanks so much for sharing your heart with us today on 2020. Thanks, Neil. Always a pleasure to be with you. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.